Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, depending on what you might be consuming today, grab a cup of your favorite liquid and enjoy the Deep Waters podcast. Consume it. Today I'm doing um, ginger peach turmeric tea. Delicious. It's incredible. I'm doing water, but hot water. <laughs> so, way to spice things up. Yeah, you, the theme of this podcast by the title will be fasting. So you're thinking, oh, I bet he's doing a water fast. Yeah. That's not true. I had <laughs> linguine for lunch. <laughs> And just have no room in my stomach for anything else besides water. Wow, not even an herbal tea can fit. <laughs> no, I can't fit. Whatever is transferred from the tea leaves to the water, <laughs> I know it's too much for me to too digest much. right now. Wow. Well, we'll we'll bless your stomach as we have this conversation around not eating. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> There's like a gravitational field around my stomach right yeah. now. <laughs> it's so funny. It's intense. Oh, it's all right. I had pasta primavera for lunch. Primavera. It was a really lovely little Italian spot that we enjoyed. Um, to, just before talking about fasting, we loaded up on carbs. And I will say we were going to be doing a series just on missions, the mission field, unpack some Riverhouse Global stuff. Yeah. And this is a brief interruption in that because Holy Spirit has moved while Jace, you were in Southeast Asia on a trip that we will report back about a little bit more in the podcast as we are able to, mm -hmm. um, in future deep waters podcast episodes. But while you and the team were gone, um, Megan Bailey, Jordan Verner, other like prophetic influences and voices in our community felt like it was important to call us into us, uh, like a week long fast to help our community cultivate a hunger for the presence of God and sort of shake ourselves out of a stagnancy that we had found ourselves in. Wow. I, I hope I'm summarizing that well. If Megan mm -hmm. Bailey were here, she'd probably reword what I just said, but at least that was my primary takeaway. And then Pastor AJ preached this past Sunday, real time, mm -hmm. according to when we're going to release this. When would that have been? January 28th? Yes, January 28th. 2024. Um, so AJ preached a sermon that towards the end, he called us to consider as a congregation fasting on a regular basis to continually combat a consumeristic influence in our culture yeah. so that we don't grow stagnant in our spirituality. And so we're like, you know what? It's time to turn to fasting in the Deep Waters podcast. Here we are. Here we are. Mm -hmm. um, it is amazing. We also touched on fasting mm -hmm. and feasting about a year ago to the day. Yeah, really. This time last year. Um, because last year we've had some crazy encounters where the Lord was very present and moving in our worship. And come the new year, Pastor Jordan thought it was a 
a cool way to like celebrate what the Lord is doing by calling us to a 21 day feast. If you remember where we feast on the word of God, we shared dinners with people Hmm. and took the communion every day. Yes. Um, Beautiful time. He did not want us to fast during that time. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess we could have, if we wanted to, but to celebrate that the bridegroom is here. Yeah. I think we read Mark chapter two. Is that where it is? Where the disciples of the Pharisees and John the Baptist come in and they're like, yo, Jesus, how come your disciples don't fast? Like all of us fast. And he says, well, you don't stop eating when the bridegroom has arrived at a wedding feast. Yeah. In other words, he's like, I'm the bridegroom. This is the party. You'll fast after I leave. Hmm. And we wanted to celebrate that Jesus was in our midst last year at this time. Yeah. Um, and so what we're not saying is that as Jesus was in our midst last year, he's no longer in our midst. And so we're going to fast. I just wanted to clarify that. I'm yeah. glad you said it. <laughs> I did overhear you share a testimony from youth camp um, today. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about becoming stagnant or like taking the presence of the Lord that we have here at river house for granted Mm -hmm. at times. And I think I would agree that I've done that too. I think people that have been a part of river house and maybe that's what the prophetic people in our community have been kind of sensing is like the Lord has just been showing up a lot. Mm -hmm. Like praise God, you know, like people are having incredible encounters. People's lives are being transformed on the weekly it's unreal what the lord is doing here (laughs) so it's not even that like we're like oh the lord has left we must fast to bring him back but i think those that have been around it for a while we always we don't never want to take the presence of the lord for granted Mm. um Mm -hmm. because he's everything and so i think this is just a great way to like just clear the mind clear the heart clear the soul um, the practice of fasting so that we're just able to see with the most clear eyes, the most present eyes, what the Lord's doing. Amen. Well said. Yeah. I mean, I was feeling convicted by it and I will say the fast that Megan Bailey invited us into started on a Monday night at Monday night prayer after we all ate dinner that night. And it was meant to continue until, the next Sunday evening. So a full six day fast. And I know a good amount of people that did liquid or even water fasts for that amount of time. Um, which is as far as I'm aware, one of the most extreme, like the most extreme fast that we've done corporately as a church. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like that we've done it not because we're in a moment of crisis and we have to lean in to, um, like contend or intercede for something in particular other than that. We're just really trying to cultivate our hunger. Yeah. Um, AJ said this past week, January 28th, that we want to be Psalm 63 people who hunger and thirst for the presence of God Mm. is in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So good. And the way, one of the ways you cultivate that longing is through spiritual disciplines, not a performance or a religious habit that's devoid of grace from Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about in any of this. That's important to say. Instead, these spiritual disciplines are like invitations into the more of God as our hearts remain pure. And uh, there's some cool 
metaphors and things I want to get into later about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like a picture that just came to mind is think about your, the, your most favorite meal, your favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing to have that whenever you go. Yep. But if you had it three meals a day, hmm. every, every single day, you, it just loses its, you loses your appreciation for it even oh, too. Yes. Your awareness of how um, unique it is compared to all the other foods. And like, mm. it's almost like when we've had such incredible good counters with the Lord so often, mm-hmm. it ta- it's good to kind of break that up and to not like, we're not like not encountering him anymore, but it just anything that throws something into our rhythm, mm. our, our habits, like just to throw that off, it kind of just resets what you are looking at and appreciating and processing yeah. too from, I think just like a psychological standpoint. It's healthy, I think. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but we'll let that maybe live for a little bit. Yeah. Resetting renewal. Uh, we will let that sit for a little bit. (laughs) I think where I want to go now, which that still feels like it's a really good bridge to it is, um, our cultural moment. Yeah. And maybe this is an American issue. It could be like a, just the privileged of the world issue. Maybe it's more vastly sweeping than that. But the, the problem of consumerism, I think, in culture today yeah. is dramatic. And AJ called it out in his sermon. Why we talk about culture and society pretty often on this podcast is because it's really essential to know what water we're swimming in because yeah. it's influencing us, whether we know it or not. Totally. And so what I want to be as someone who loves Jesus is a disciple of him who follows him and is molded by the hands of the father as a, as a piece of clay into his image and likeness more and more throughout his life by the grace throughout my life, by the grace of the Holy spirit. And unfortunately discipleship is not something that only happens with people who follow God. People are discipled into all kinds of things every day. That's a good word. Yeah, true. And whatever society is indulging in is discipling it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if we've become a hyper consumeristic culture, we're being discipled into consumption. I was raised in a swimming pool of that kind of water. And I need to know how it's influencing me and how the way of Jesus is going to cut against that grain. I'm mixing metaphors, but you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Swimming and cutting and wood. And yeah, yes, it's amazing. I, so I just spent two weeks outside of the U S and I was thinking about this cultural soup and did I ever get out of it? And I think nowhere in the world is it stronger than the West, this idea of consumerism for sure. Like I, we had a layover in Paris and to get on the Wi-Fi, you have to click free Wi-Fi, then it's sponsored by Chanel, some new Chanel fragrance. And and then, but then you turn the corner and then there's a 40 foot tall billboard of that same fragrance there. And just like airports are like consumerism, like (laughs) nightmares. They're just ads everywhere, shops everywhere. But then when I was, yeah, all the duty free stuff, it's like, it's so, it's like so bright and shiny and clean. Um, but when I was in Southeast Asia, the places where we were away from Western style, um, 
kind of cities or even like buildings and businesses and restaurants, uh, way less that, that tug of consumerism was like way less strong. But the moment we are like near like any sort of Western development or shopping or in a bigger city, it's just consumer consumerism is right back there even across the world. Um, so unfortunately I think that's something we've exported very well around the world as Americans, which is sad because we're now we're just discipling the rest of the world and how to, to not be happy with what you have and want for more. And I'm like riding on a really bumpy bus in the middle of nowhere and then see an ad for some new phone. I'm like, Oh, I like my phone a lot, but I wonder what that phone's like. Yeah. I like think that you that know? ad makes it look like the person holding the phone is happier than me. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to get it. Cause my life is lacking. It's funny. Uh, around the world, if you've traveled abroad anywhere, especially in developing countries, you'll see like Coca-Cola and Pepsi ads everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Everywhere. In the middle of nowhere. So bizarre. Yeah. But (laughs) these ones, uh, that were plastered everywhere on every storefront were just incredibly buff people drinking (laughs) Coca-Cola, like chugging it. (laughs) And it was like the good life or something. Wow. I'm like, this Coca-Cola. I think that's what it said. The good life. Really? Or a good life. I think the good life. This is the good life. We figured it out, everybody. I'm like, that's so funny. It's just this soda. Drink it more. And then you'll achieve. Yeah, you'll get really buff. Wow. Psychological. It's funny because you could look at that and know how irrational it is, Mm -hmm. and it still does something to you. Totally. And that's the kind of like soupy discipleship that we were trying to hit on. There's like this deep ingrained thing with even like Coca-Cola, especially it's red and white and like you just, just feels American. Yes. That I'm like, if I'm abroad, I see an ad for Coca-Cola. I'm like, oh man, a nice cold Coca-Cola right now just sounds nostalgic and comforting. Mm. And like, that is like in my, my brain is says Coca-Cola equals like feeling like home and comfort and nostalgia. Wow. That's crazy. That's the, the power of that brand. Like that's so, those are also such fundamental feelings too. Mm. Wow. Like how many other things like equal, it's like Instagram not only equals whatever it's supposed to be connection and networking and, media or something mm-hmm. but it equals yeah it could equal comfort or distraction or addiction or all these like really wow. crazy things in our lives too i'm just thinking of how much money is poured into our economy by those companies in order to produce that exact feeling inside of you yeah like if there was a That's trippy the marketing director of Coca-Cola was sitting right here and he heard you say that, he'd be like, Goal achieved. Yeah, we did it. You know, you go into that one little house, which not to call anybody out here, but there I know a handful of people that have something like this in their home. There's like a little display with super vintage looking Coca-Cola bottles. Oh yeah. And like cool vintage Coke signs. Mm-hmm. And one of them might have Santa Claus on it and he's drinking a Coke and there's a polar bear and it's like open up happiness. And oh yeah. Wow. Now I'm like I'm holistically being discipled into connecting this thing that I need to consume. I need to pay money for, and it's doing something to my body every time I ingest it. Yeah. I'm being discipled into thinking that, that having that in my life is going to make my life better. True. Yeah. And I feel like that's not necessarily the worst thing. Sure. I don't know. Like it can be, 
I feel like that could be benign in some ways. Sure. I'm mostly trying to rationalize this because my dad collects a bunch of Coca-Cola stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he's an avid listener to the podcast. I don't want him to stop listening. Um, Hi, Randy. We love you. Yeah, totally. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is funny to just like decorate our house with like brands. Because it feels great. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree with you. I There's guess something I'm historical to that too. I'm not trying to be hard on that because yeah. I honestly am kind of a collector type and I like that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to point out is, you know, you could say like Disney disciples people really well. Oh, very well. Like maybe better than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to still hold me back from going to Disneyland. True. I just want to be aware to be aware of, the of what, what is affecting me in what way. And if there's any, any of those effects that somehow contradict the way of Jesus that I'm being invited into by Christ. I think that's really good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to like come down hard on all the fansville people that drink Dr. Pepper. Like <laughs> it's their religion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can come down hard on those people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you're drinking Dr. Pepper as a religion, <laughs> it's probably crossed that line. All right. You're right. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. crossed a line. <laughs> um, wow. This was a rabbit trail. I guess th- this, this was the phrase that I put down in the notes. Um, and we could talk about this as it relates to all kinds of things, but we are not in the new Jerusalem right now. Hmm. So in some ways we are in the kingdom of God because Jesus said very much repent. The kingdom of God is here. And in other ways, we're still under the influence of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the world all the time. Yes. And we need to be aware of how both of those kingdoms influence us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one way of talking about that is metaphorically by describing ourselves as exiles in Babylon. Yeah. Which is a biblical metaphor to say we're not in the homeland right mm-hmm. now. And while we're not in the homeland, we need to retain purity in the way of the kingdom. Yeah. As well as we can. Totally. Uh, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't drink Coke. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you can't be in the world at all. No, you know that's we've talked about that a lot. Yep. And same, and even that biblical example holds true of like you can be a part of Babylonian businesses and relationships, but you can't lose your is or Israelite identity as the people of God. Mm. You know. Yeah. Is that good? is that correct in saying that? Doesn't he say something like that? Yeah. Like put roots down. Yep. Yeah, oh, like totally. Be in, like be invested. Oh yeah. You're in, thinking of Jeremiah 29 probably. Yeah. He's like plant gardens, marry people, like settle your roots into this city. Cause this is where you're going to be for a while. Mm-hmm. Pray for the good of Babylon. Yeah. Jeremiah mm-hmm. says, uh, yeah. So like set up shop, be here, mm-hmm. start businesses, trade. Yeah. All that good stuff, which we could say, you know, like you want to go to the new in and out that opened. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. You want to wear Converse, even though it's a brand that spent a lot of money for you to think Converse is cool. They are cool. Yeah. Buy a pair of Converse. That's mm-hmm. sweet. That doesn't make you not a Christian. Yeah. I hope I didn't harp on Coke too much. No, I think you're good. Um, But also, what is this economic machine of consumerism doing to us? And I would say it is kind of fundamentally designed, like you've already pointed out a lot to make us think what I have is not enough. Who I am is not enough. 
That's so crazy. Identity issues are being thrown at us mm-hmm. by like millionaire marketers around the country, probably especially in New York City, um, to get us to give them our money. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a way that we can resist that discipleship in order to pursue the purity of discipleship to Christ. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was supposed to be a, an introduction and that's ended up being half the podcast so far. No, I love, I think it's really <laughs> good. I, I hope we didn't flesh that. I thought we, I think it needed to be that long. Good. Okay. I thought that was really good. Good. Um, I'm where I went to when I was praying about this was Jesus in the parable of the sower talking about throwing seeds out yeah. and, if the seed that Jesus throws is his words, he's looking for good soil for those words to land on. Yeah. And some of those words just land on a bare path. They don't germinate. They don't do anything except get eaten by a bird. And that's, he's describing this in Matthew chapter 13. If you want to go read it, um, all of these different seeds represent different things. And one of the seeds it's thrown amidst a bunch of thorns. And so it starts to grow up, but in its growing, it gets choked out by the worries of the world and the, um, the appeal of wealth, it says. So basically anxiety and money choked out the seed. Wow. Um, Jesus calls that out in first century Holy land. That's crazy. It's like you don't have to be in modern America to recognize that like anxiety and money and, you know, worldly comfort could choke out your sense of the truth with a capital T. Yeah. Um, Your ability to understand the word of God, not just scripture, though, certainly scripture, but also like when God is interacting with you in the spirit at any given time. So... Um, I want to use that as scriptural evidence that we need to be wary of these things that will choke out yeah. what God is trying to plant in us. Mm-hmm. And one discipline is definitely fasting yeah. to do that. I was sharing a testimony this morning about uh, the trip I just went on and talked about how unlike here, God, the Holy Spirit, and relationship to him, relationship to him are the only thing that these people have. And mm-hmm. it's like the only solution to so many of their problems. Like um, someone was sharing that they brought these babies before them and asked them to pray for their fever. Because there's no other option. Wow. There's nothing that they can do or turn to. Like God is only it. And so like they, I feel like unlike me in my Western consumeristic world, I like maybe just lean my finger on the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, and don't have this sense of if, you know, if the Lord was taken out from under my finger, I wouldn't fall over, you wow. know, but these people are like fully leaned completely on the Lord. If he doesn't show up, they fall to the ground. Wow. Like there's like, there's just such this, like, I don't even know the word for that. Dependence. Dependence. Maybe that's a good word. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like for me, fasting is allowing myself to put more weight on God Wow! because I, I, one of those, you know, one of the things that I have essentially unlimited resource in my life, food, Yeah. you know, 
So it's something that I don't have to del- rely on Lord for the energy from food, the comfort from food. Um, you take that out and then you got to put that, that reliance somewhere, that dependent somewhere. Yeah. And so it just allows us to put it on the Lord. It's good. Um, praise God. And I feel like that's like, that is like, that helps curb our, our bent towards like consuming more, um, and not relying on God more. Isn't it cool that through fasting, then we're given an, an opportunity. It's like a roadmap for how to discover your need for God. Uh, say someone comes up to you and says, I'm just having a hard time really like caring about the presence of God these days. Like I don't find myself in prayer. I don't find myself hungering for the Lord. I read Psalm 63 and I don't even like that feels alien to me that someone would hunger and thirst for God. Yeah. Like a deer pants for water. What should I do? I think to that person, fasting is a gift that God is giving saying, Hey, how about you break out of some of your most basic creature comforts and make your body scream for something that it really wants and channel all of that energy towards prayer. Wow. (laughs) And like, it's hard. I'm just thinking about, I, I made this comparison with you, Jace, when we were off air, but Um, in my personal life experience, I don't know how to relate anything to fasting as well as just going for runs. Mm -hmm. So I have a history of running, but I don't run consistently in all seasons, unfortunately. And when I'm out of shape, starting to run again is the worst. It's like so hard to get back into shape slowly. And then once I'm, I feel like I've arrived in good shape, like going for runs tends to just feel good. But even then, like the morning of when I'm sitting down warm, drinking a cup of tea and it looks a little cold outside, like I don't want to go for a run. Yeah, I'm just going to stay there with my book and like get some work done, turn some music on, you know, it, it, it's like, I feel my flesh asking me, please don't bother me with a run. Yeah. Cause that sounds hard mm-hmm. and it is. Yeah, it is. You go out and you have to consistently choose to continue running every step. It's like, ah, oh, here we are. We're still going. Mm-hmm. My watch beeps. It's like, oh, I gotta go further still. I'm still running. Fasting feels like that to me. Yeah. You, you know, like almost every single time I've ever fasted, and not every single, but almost every single time my body has been in rebellion before it's even started. Like, please don't do that. Yeah. Don't decide to fast. Are you kidding me? That sounds so hard. Mm-hmm. And candidly it is. And I think this is really important for us to know because mm-hmm. I heard last week when people were going through the fasts and they were fasting sometimes, some of them for the first time ever in their lives, they're like, Benji, I don't get it. I thought this was going to be some kind of perpetual encounter with God. Like I would just lived in the glory portal and that fasting was going to make me behold the face of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that really could happen to you. My personal experience is I'm just really hungry yeah. and I think about food all the time mm-hmm. and I get weak and you know, hunger grows and swells and then diminishes and, um, Sometimes I get little headaches. Yeah. 
I get dizzy quickly when I stand up a little too fast, like, cause blood sugar is really low, you know, it's like your body's going through a lot mm-hmm. and just like running, I can feel that it's healthy for me. There's something about it that does feel like a detox. Yeah. Um, this last time mm-hmm. during the, the week fast, you learned a new word. Do you want to talk about that? That detox idea? Oh yeah. That like now science is kind of proving how kind of, detoxifying it could be (laughs) (laughs) it's really cool some uh i'm forgetting his name a japanese phd doctor dude um got a nobel peace prize in the 2015 or 16 for figuring this stuff out Mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't peace prize yeah probably nobel prize science i just always say nobel peace prize i don't know that's yeah it wasn't (laughs) peace probably it's called um autophagy um auto like in like an autobiography, mm-hmm. autophagy, and it means to devour oneself. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and so don't eat, don't think like you cut your finger off and eat it. <laughs> autophagy is where, um, and I'm not a scientist, complete disclosure. <laughs> in case you think I am. Yeah. You're wrong, I'm sorry. He is. You should go read some real scientists who know what they're talking about. I was researching before this a little bit and then I'm realizing like cell biology is so over my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's all these really smart people talking about these different elements of the cell and it's a whole little world down yeah. there. I once heard that there were more words in biology than there are in the Spanish language. <laughs> so like to learn biology is like learning a language. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if it's true. Like I doubt it, but someone told me that. So I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Uh, basically autophagy is where like old proteins inside your cells that have, you know, just gotten stale. Uh, they, the proteins get old over time and they become sometimes a little bit dysfunctional, less efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, And sometimes it's cells like that that can even start to mutate and create problem cells in your body that could lead to things like cancer. Um, Those proteins that are not being well utilized get essentially recycled inside your body while you're fasting in the process called autophagy. So yeah, think like these old cell components are broken down and then turned into brand new cell components. And doctors are thinking this could be a really helpful key to helping people prevent things like Alzheimer's and cancer and diabetes. Um, Because we live in such a consumption culture, we don't give our bodies very often breaks in between meals. And autophagy doesn't happen if we're continually fed. Hmm. Um, and this don't hear something crazy like we have to do like 24 hour fasts every two days in order to like totally. be healthy. That's not what I'm saying. But um, but you should do a little bit more research yourself, listener, if you're interested in this, because uh, I, I think it's an incredibly like almost a prophetic, actually just like a prophetic sign. I was praying about it earlier Mm -hmm. today and it felt prophetic that the body actually breaks down old, less functional proteins within the cell Mm -hmm. in order to recreate itself, become more efficient. And in that process, it releases energy 
in order for your body to keep running while you're not consuming food. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? It's so cool. So it's, they say an extremely healthy, natural process that like, I mean, the scientists I read didn't say this, but I believe God wove this into our bodies so that hunger would actually be healthy for us. Hmm. And also it's important to say that you can fast for too long and it's not purely healthy Yeah. or you can fast too often and it's not healthy and you can throw your body's metabolism and immune system off. So, um, it is important to be careful and I am not any kind of dietitian. So don't take that like kind of advice from me or the deep waters podcast. That's well said. I'm just trying to point to this and say, I think, I think there's something beautiful right here that God planted like a little Easter egg for us to celebrate. Yeah. And like when you hear scientists use a word like renewal, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just like the taking the old and making it new again or getting rid of the old self and, you know, it's like, Whoa, this sounds biblical. This sounds like Mm -hmm. a kind of a, a Jesus practice, honestly. So then how lovely that the fasting process feels often like I'm taking old habits that I sort of forgot were even there mm-hmm. and breaking them down. If you fast long enough, um, you start to lose cravings for particular unhealthy foods. Yeah. You come back to it. You might not crave sugar, for example, as much as you did beforehand. Yeah. Like I've experienced that before. Um, your body's like detoxing, literally like yeah. rewriting codes metaphorically that one, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> cause we're not cyborgs, at least most of us, um, <laughs> that, that's just so beautiful. That's happening on the biological and the spiritual level, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think something powerful about fasting that happens in my body is I feel like it uncovers, um, these fleshy desires that I hide with just general comfort. Mm. So it's like, it's like pointing out what is like these old unuseful thought processes or, um, identity statements or things that are like, just, it just like exposes things, Mm. um, in a way that I think is really fruitful. It's like, that's also part of like the discomfort of it all. It's like, Oh, I'm not only hungry, but I'm like feeling all these things that have now been uncovered that I feel like the Lord wants to deal with. Wow. But they wouldn't have been dealt with if I hadn't fasted those things or fasted in the first place and gotten to that place of dependence on the Lord, discomfort, those kinds of things. Wow. I'm thinking about, um, let's say you like, I don't know, you're in a train I don't know how steam engines work, but love trains. My picture is that an old steam engine, you just shovel stuff that was combustible into the fire to get the steam rolling and coal was what they used. But say you run out of coal Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Uh Oh, we got to keep this train running. You would do an audit of the train. Look around. What can we burn here that we can turn into energy? Mm -hmm. And what are the things that you'd probably burn? Like old trash stuff that you don't need anyway. Your troll doll collection. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. I was thinking of funny things to burn and that came to mind. I'm sorry. That's awesome. <laughs> I was thinking like wadded up piece of paper, maybe but banana peel. Yeah. You said the troll doll collection. <laughs> That's great. 
Oh, and that's what our body and our spirit has the opportunity to do when we fast. Mm. It's like, let me step back, look at all of these desires that I've just been satiating. Yeah. Food and other desires. It's like, man, I just jump to YouTube, you know, for me, maybe it's Instagram reels for other people or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I'm jumping to these things in order to satisfy a desire. Yeah. Fasting. Now I'm able to look with a different vantage point at all of my desires and practice self-control in a new way because I feel less numb to my opportunities for self-control. Yeah. I think there's, there's great value in making fasting a regular practice because yeah, it forces self-control in an area in, in our life. We just don't have to have a lot of self-control, you know? And so I think even just to practice that muscle, which I've heard is like, it's almost like a muscle, like willpower, all those things. It's like you kind of, you have to, you have to use it or you lose it kind of Mm. thing. And how often do we just go through our day doing exactly what we want to do and there's no self-denial at all it's like uh, i mean it's time to work but man i'm gonna go take a break and i'm gonna go walk here and do this and have this snack then i get home and i get home i just mindlessly eat something sit on the couch play with my kid all like all these really good things but it's like there's not a lot of intention or like even Mm -hmm. like yeah like self-denial of like oh actually i shouldn't do this Mm because we're just kind of stuck in the trench too that's good um I was also thinking a point of this is more just like diet and spirituality, which maybe is kind of part of this podcast, but sure. how the organisms in our gut like what we feed it. So if you feed it more sugary things, it's going to, your, your body will crave more sugary things. If you feed it lettuce, it's going to create like, you know, like wow. it's going to crave healthier food. Um, but that takes time to train those things. But it's weird that like, these bacteria in our stomach, which are separate from like, they don't, they're not like wired to our brain, but somehow whatever they're craving, we crave. And they don't really quite know wow. that yet. They're still, still discovering that. Is that right? But then also, are you a scientist? <laughs> no, but I did say it at a holiday express last night. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> that's funny. I'm, I'm, my wife and I are fine. I didn't stay at a hotel last night. Uh, <laughs> I could clarify. People, people have been worried about that when no. I make that joke. Um, but also I went, I think I said this on the podcast. I went and saw my counselor recently mm. and was like anxious. And he was like, well, first and foremost, take care of your gut health. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you want to talk about some like, you know, like childhood trauma, Yeah, childhood trauma <laughs> that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. Um, but no, he's like, take care of your gut health because it's so like, it's so, so important to, yeah, the way we think the clarity of mind, anxiety in our lives. And so to fasting medically resets our gut too. Wow. I love that. That was how I wrapped into fasting. Yeah, I get Sorry. you. I, no, this is all gorgeous because it shows how holistic we are as beings. Oh yeah. You I know? like that. And I, I, I want it to be said like very emphatically that your fast as far as like our purposes go mean nothing. If you're not praying, if you're not fasting for the sake of union with God. Yes. And I'm just thinking, okay, say your gut health is out of whack, probably like mine. Cause I eat a lot of sugar. Heaven mm-hmm. help me. 
classic Sour Patch Kids. I had, full disclosure, an Otter Pop right before this. <laughs> <laughs> we have them in the freezer. Oh, I don't know, I know. that leftover from a summer event. There's, I'm sorry. There's so many of them here. Oh, there's so many. I'm just trying to get rid of it so mm-hmm. that there's not food waste. Anyway, <laughs> uh, say my gut craves an insane amount of sugar. Mm-hmm. Then I start to fast and I crave sugar like madness. That's an opportunity for me to say, Lord, I am choosing to abstain from this thing that I want out of my devotion and love for you. Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful that I do not need things like food in this hour in order to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Uh, See, I'm just like starting to talk to God all of a sudden. I've turned my cravings to prayer. Wow. That's the power of the fast. That's so good. In my experience. And it won't, at least if you're like me, it won't feel like a perpetual glory encounter. Mm-hmm. It will be frustrating. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's something holy, like going for a long run when you're out of shape. It's like detoxing. You're going to feel sore in your legs after a long run, you know, like after a long fast and then you eat, your stomach is like, wow, what's going on? Which is why, you know, you're supposed to break the fast with specific foods so that you don't drive your body crazy. But like Sour Patch Kids, like, (laughs) how'd you know? (laughs) It's funny that I do every time. It's funny. Sour Patch Kids were brought up because our last podcast on fasting had Sour Patch Kids in the title. Yeah. So, you know, it's a problem. You know, it's a problem. I'll be honest. I eat Sour Patch Kids way less than it. I make it sound like it on the podcast. But it's just a, it's a funny thing. At this point, it's just a meme. (laughs) I one one thing we talked about last time, we kind of broke it down to these few different points, but mm. this idea of starving the flesh and feeding the spirit. Yes. I think a misconception is that fasting alone, like feeds the spirit and unlocks this heavenly portal. Sure. When it's actually just an opportunity to replace that time that you would have been fasting with time with the spirit. Yeah. That like, you would have been eating. Eating with time mm-hmm. with the spirit. I hate to do this thing that Jordan Werner does, the, the twisting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did. I just did it out of practice after being with him for two weeks. Um, so He does it a lot. The fist over fist in case you're not watching yeah. the video. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Let's like turning this turn. upside down where I would be just not even thinking about God mm-hmm. when I'm eating. Sadly, at least I know some of us are just always connected. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But I just think I'm just like throwing some, you know, peanuts into my mouth. I'm like, sure. Yeah. It's just what I'm doing. Yep. But instead of doing that, now I have all this time, this like, uh, free time just to feed the spirit. Wow. And so I think that's like, so it's like, it still is a choice to Mm. when you're fasting to seek connection with the Lord or not. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Amen. I don't want to just be preaching falsities here. No, (laughs) And it requires intention, which it's worth saying all of these things to say, if you plan to fast, man, I'm preaching to the choir because I'm really bad at this actually. But if you plan to fast, in my opinion, you should say, okay, this is when I'm going to eat my last meal. Say it's 5 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Yeah, say this. you have stuff going on after that. Um, make sure that that meal is nutrient rich. Yeah, this is just the practical stuff. Is it okay for me to say? Like, Please go into Don't this. have like a gross meal, like a fast foodie meal right before a fast. Also, don't eat a huge meal 
I did that wrong for a long time. I thought the bigger the meal, the better because it was going to help my body like sustain longer because mm-hmm. I put more food in it. That yeah. feels intuitive. A little food camel. Yeah, <laughs> right. The opposite is actually true. If you have a smaller meal, it starts to prepare your body to um, not rely on the stuff you're putting into the stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when you're not putting anything in your stomach, your body's less shocked by it. So... I would say don't have a giant meal, even go for a run or do some kind of workout towards the very beginning of your fast. It helps like kick your body into a healthy state. And I think for me, like mentally and spiritually, I can use some of my energy at the beginning of a fast to say, God, I'm choosing you. I'm going to run the good race. That's good. You know, everything is spiritual. So I just want to think about my whole life holistically that way. Wow. Um, and then drink a lot more water than you typically would. That's really important. I heard that apparently like 30% of the water that our body is processing comes from our food, the average human. Uh, yeah. So if that's true, then you need to be drinking. Uh, what would that be? Like almost 50% more water than you do already. So drink a lot of water. You could look up for your body weight, like what's a good recommended amount. And if you're feeling fatigued, um, really low on energy, especially if you choose to do an extended fast, like a three day fast or longer, mm-hmm. um, I've learned electrolytes are lifesavers, particularly just pink Himalayan salt is something that I've done. Oh, wow. Um, or you can take supplements that have magnesium and potassium, some like well-rounded electrolyte thing Mm -hmm. will help your energy not be too destroyed and it will help you like prevent from the dizziness and from the headaches yeah again i'm not a doctor but this is my experience at (laughs) least totally uh so if you're like hey i want to do a massive fast and do longer than three days or something that's where i would start to dabble with that Mm -hmm. but what aj has kind of called us into is just this 24-hour thing and if that's on, the ca- on like a regular basis, some rhythm of that, correct? Yep. Thanks for saying that as a discipline. So in the same way, we want to be disciplined to come to church on Sundays and worship together. We want to come to prayer sets. We also want to be disciplined in denying our flesh for a full day once a week. Hmm. I, I, I think that's a fair ask. And yeah. I know that's like brown groundbreaking for a lot of people. But when I started practicing, not to sound self-righteous or, you know, like a Pharisee all of a sudden. No one's going to think that. But, um, you know, I just... one or two. Maybe one or two people. Out of the other people. (laughs) Those one or two. I love you guys. But um, when I started doing the weekly fast, um, it really wasn't as hard as I thought it would be as far as a lifestyle change goes. Mm -hmm. Granted, I was like a single dude. And if you're like, you know a mom and you're making food for your kids because you don't want them to fast like you're fasting. Maybe that's harder. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. And if you're like training for a big athletic event or something, I'm sure you'll have to figure out how to tweak it so that it Mm -hmm. works for you. But I I think essentially one of the things AJ pointed out is the fast is about abstaining from food. So not Partaking of social media is a great thing. You know, cutting out sugar from your diet, that's a great thing. But biblically speaking, that's not a fast. Um, So if you chose to fast something like that, 
don't hear that that was like you did it wrong yeah because that's great it's really healthy to also take a break from things like that um and spiritually speaking and biblically think speaking there's something else that's unlocked when you abstain from food all food all food and that's like that's unique Mm -hmm. you know giving up something that you really like like listening to spotify or podcasts while you drive or whatever that that could be a good practice but um i would challenge people if your body is healthy to the point where you can do this at least consider doing a liquid fast so to make sure that you get all the nutrients you need maybe you like have bone broth at your meal times and drink a lot of water that's more than what you need for a 24-hour fast and that would be a really good like baby step not even a baby step. That's like a good step into yeah, fasting. For sure. Maybe yeah. that's a couple steps into fasting. Um, yeah, try that. Bone broth. Um, and sorry, I got so practical and I wasn't really speaking about the prayer stuff at all. But like when you eat your last meal before the fast, it's also important to be intentional about how you then pray. Like, Lord this is the last Mm -hmm. bite that I'm consuming or whatever you want to do and say from this point forth, like I commit my time to you. I pray that you would use this time well, and I'm going to do all that I can to keep my mind focused on you practicing the presence of God. Um, And then you'll have to be diligent that when you're hungry and your flesh starts to crave something, you pray about it. Typically the way that I do it, I wanted to train myself like it's a twitch almost like an an instinct is the moment I feel hungry. I say, God, I'm hungry Mm -hmm. immediately open the door to prayer. And then I can start to talk to him about it, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Even if I'm in the middle of a meeting and I don't have time to just get on my knees and pray, I've opened my heart to him and I've invited him into my moment. And I've found in days then when I'm fasting, I'm way more present with God the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. speaks to me more consistently. And then, uh, just be aware that if the last meal you eat is dinner, um, probably the hardest time for you will be sometime between like noon and 3 PM the next day, depending on how early or late that dinner was. But like middle day of that 24 hour fast is super hard, but then you get over the hump of where all the like hunger hormones are really pumping Mm -hmm. and it's not as bad. And then when you break your fast, I've gotten in the habit of thanking the Lord for hunger, for thanking the Lord, for reminding me of my deep dependency on him, Mm -hmm. that any amount of independence I think I have is an illusion that I'm actually 100% dependent on God. My very breath is him Mm -hmm. like sustaining me moment by moment. Yeah. And any illusion that that's not the case is a lie. Uh, and so I just want to like celebrate that as I enter back into my creature comforts of eating regularly. Yeah. So yeah, try to bookend your fast with intentional prayers. You can break your fast with eating communion, partaking of communion. Um, and these are just some ideas, research other ones, see how you do. Mm hmm. And uh, yeah, engage with us somehow or your small group or community group. I'd be really fascinated to hear what fasting does for people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's a, yeah. Did I what, what I was just talking for way too long. No, it was great. I do, loved it. Do you have thoughts to throw in? Uh, yeah, I feel like just I mean, just getting back from my trip, I'm still kind of acclimating to like what the church <laughs> is doing. Yes, trying to figure this out, but I, I definitely um, want to pick a day and fast. Yeah. So I want to. I think it'd be interesting to even touch back, even if the, the podcast isn't about fasting in like four months just to, or like not i mean like four weeks or something sure just to like hey how's fasting going you know that's a great and idea see like what that's happening and um maybe we could throw something up on instagram too to, to get some responses mm. about fasting um maybe we could from get, our listeners we could get somebody else in here mm-hmm. chat with them about how fasting is yeah get a third perspective that'd be great that'd be cool that'd be really good yeah, I'm in. And I, I think with that, it's probably worth saying that maybe like you and I and Jace and with our spouses, we can talk about whether fasting might land on the same day. Yeah, that'd and be just cool. just practically speaking, we're supporting each other in that fast. And mm-hmm. there is something to knowing um, I'm in a way being held accountable to this fast because some of my closest friends are doing it also. Yeah. And we're in this together. That always makes it easier psychologically i feel like anything in this podcast it takes intentionality and community you know wow praise god and prayer I hope. and prayer yeah, yeah. and uh, yes and christ for sure <laughs> yeah it takes three things okay it takes it takes four things scripture also <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> prayer intentionality community and scripture that's it, that's it. yes five things yes <laughs> you never expect it um <laughs> Just really grateful for you, listener, um, and want to point you in the direction of another conversation that we had on fasting a year ago. If you want more content on like, what did biblical fasts look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Jace and I, we had a, a big conversation in that feasting and fasting series where we looked at a bunch of people who fasted in the Bible and why they did it. Mm-hmm. Three main reasons for fasting. You already brought up the first one is to starve the flesh and feed the spirit. So that's about like self-control and overcoming fleshly temptation. The second is we fast in order to pray, which we've already been kind of talking around, but yeah. parts of that include repentance. If you need to rep- repent from something, fasting is like a biblical antidote from that. Um, if you're grieving something, I, I don't know about you, but like if my heart is utterly broken, fasting actually feels good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing Yeah, as long as it's a healthy amount of fasting and not like, of course, uh, yeah, some kind of like problematic. Yeah. Thing. You hear what I'm saying in moments of crisis to change God's mind or to like ask for God to like come and move in a particular way and to enable us to hear God's voice more clearly are all different ways that fasting and prayer are related. And then the last point that we talk about in that podcast is to stand in solidarity with the poor, Mm -hmm. um, which is essential also that we would learn to have compassion towards the people that don't have the gifts and creature comforts that we have. So if that sounds interesting to you or even learning about how the early church fasted twice a week at least yeah we have um early church documentation that that was the case that the early church would fast every 
uh, I want to say Tuesday and Friday. Is it Wednesday and Friday? It was Wednesday and Friday, if I yep. remember correct. Yep, every Wednesday and Friday. Um, so yeah, you're not, um, you're not alone if you feel like, wow, fasting is totally new to me. And you're not alone if you want to try it and it's going to feel clumsy. Um, but we just bless whatever endeavor you, you know, you partake in yeah. as far as fasting goes. And you know, we're excited to do this along with you as we seek to hunger the presence of the God, the God that we love and serve more yeah. and more. So good. That was a good wrap up. Was it? Mm-hmm. I said the God instead of the Lord and God, and it sounded kind of silly, but it's funny. Cause like the Lord and the God is kind of the same thing, isn't it? But is Lord more just like, yeah, for whatever reason, the connotations around saying the Lord, mm-hmm. it's like there's one ruler yeah. who reigns, mm-hmm. the God. Sounds like there's other gods. Yeah, it, it, it does sound like that. I don't, mm-hmm. but how come the Lord doesn't sound like there's other lords? Because you could apply the same logic. Totally. I don't know. There's probably something linguistically that's happening there in our culture. Oh. That's just connotations. I'm thinking my my linguini now. Linguini, linguistically, linguinily. <laughs> Yeah, I guess pagans probably when they worship many gods, they don't say they worship many lords. They wouldn't use that word. Yeah, that's true. Jesus is Lord. That's all I know. Amen to that. Well, thanks everyone. This has been a good podcast. I like this. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is, it's refining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true that yeah. part of me hates it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're not alone if you feel that too, listener. But <laughs> Lord, shape our hearts to. Yeah focus on you and glorify you Mm. and all that we do. And may we find the best practices for us to draw us near to you. Wow. Amen. Including fasting. Amen. Lord, take us there. Hmm. I'm excited to see what comes out of this season with our church. And maybe fasting won't just be a seasonal thing like prayer. Mm -hmm. I kind of have a hope that the Western church is waking up to our need for regular fasts. Um, and that we will fast in the same kind of regularity that we pray or tithe if you're a tithing person or mm. any of that. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, we love you guys. Until next time. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.